0: Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 tonight. 2 Thessalonians in chapter 3. Um, Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica and he, in three verses, asks for something that we all need for our church and for church planting. In fact, he only asked this six times in the New Testament And uh, it is something that if the Apostle Paul asks for, I think we need as well. And it is in this area of prayer, praying for these new churches as they start specifically in Galway with Brother Andrew. In the next several months, I mentioned that there will be a lot of details being covered with uh, this new church plant. But if you uh, could keep in mind, there are two major events that will happen in the next six months for this new church to start. The first one will happen in June and July, and we call it the Hope Campaign. We did this years right before COVID hit, years ago, four years ago. I got with our staff and I said, you know what, I've been reading the book of Acts over and over, I made it a point in one month just to read the book of Acts over and over and over again, that's why when I came into Sunday school this morning I thought, hey, is there in the book of Acts I know that passage he's going through and uh, I wanted to really just get a great grip on the book of Acts and understand the whole dynamic of it, and there's one thing that I just, that kept happening that I kept seeing over and over with church planning, and that's this whenever Paul and his team and other team members would go into an area like Thessalonica to start a church. They didn't go in and put up an A-frame sign outside and say, Hey, church on Sunday, come visit us. No, no, you don't see that. You see that the Apostle Paul and his team, whenever they went into an area, they went in and they preached the gospel. That was first and foremost. They went in and they heralded the gospel. They announced loud and clear the gospel. They wanted everyone in that city to know that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again. And if you trust Him, you can have eternal life. They wanted everyone in that city to know that. So in Galway, Lord willing, uh, we have put together a campaign called the Hope Campaign. We've done it multiple times now, and it worked really well during COVID, uh, the lockdowns and so on. And what it really consists of is the church planter, in this instance, Andrew, uh, doing a small video, less than 10 minutes, of him sharing the gospel, like he's sharing it personally with someone. And then we take that video and we put it on a specific website, a splash page we call it, and, and the domain is Hope for Galway. And in other countries, like in Italy, we're about to use this, and it's some other name because it's Italian. But nonetheless, hopeforgalway.com. And then once we have that website up and running, and we have his video there, and underneath the video, they can fill out, you know, if they've got questions or their name or, and all that, uh, then we want to get this domain all over town. So we're going to do a mail out with Hope for Galway on it. Uh, we're going to do uh, door hangers. And, and, and I know in Europe, you can put things in mailboxes legally. And so we'll be printing all those out. And, and then signs you can put out all over town. And for one month, for four weeks, we want to saturate six to seven different ways, different layers of saturation in Galway, Hope for Galway. So you can go to some of the other Church plants we've been to HopeForBigBear.com, dot Hope com, butte dot com, hopefor uh, uh, let's see baltimore dot com. You can go to others that we've helped do, and you can see what other guys have done, and and so on. On average, we have seen in the first ten days, no matter where we've done this, and we're about to do this in Canada, all throughout Canada, all the church plants, all throughout Canada. We've been given a, a, a good sum of money in Canada to use for this. And uh, we've seen on average over 800 views in the first 10 days. The other thing that we've seen from this is uh, several people contacting the pastor by filling out his information and then the pastor using that to go meet them at coffee shops and so on to disciple them and and, and answer questions and, and all of that. It's a great way, like in Ireland, for Brother Andrew several months before he starts to respond to these people who are hungry for the gospel and hopefully have several that he can actually meet with and lead to the Lord and disciple. And it starts a great starting point, just like we see in the Bible, whenever the teams went in, they heralded, they preached the gospel. So pray for, if you would, the hope campaign in Galway. The second major uh, emphasis in Galway will happen Four weeks before the start of the church. And this will happen in in September, beginning of October. We do four weeks again where we saturate the area with God's word and invitations to the new church. So we print up John and Romans that are customized uh, front back cover to their church, Grace Baptist we'll have them sent over our ministry pays for that and all the all the shipping and all that to get them sent over whether he needs 10,000 or 20,000 or whatever and again all this will go out into the community uh, uh, again a mail out signs all kinds of things and and uh, social media blitzes and it'll be it'll be invitations to the new church and everyone we pray will get a copy of God's word through these John and Roman booklets Oftentimes, we, re- we use groups of people from around that country and others fly over. I know we're going to be bringing a group with us at, at the beginning of October with me to go over and, and help make sure we get all of this out, uh, at the, uh, the John and Romans especially, into all the mailboxes. Usually, and this is our concern, usually in Europe, mailing things, you cannot trust that. I've heard this over and over and over. The only country that we can actually trust that if we mail the John and Roman booklets out right now is Canada. Uh, Italy, very corrupt. The pastors there do not trust the mail system. Portugal, no. uh, Even in England, it's very, it's kind of iffy. So that's why we have groups of people actually putting them in the mailboxes, you know, personally on foot. We still do that. And uh, so pray, if you would, for those two big events that are coming up for the start of the church in Galway. But Paul here asks for prayer as well. Like I said, six times in the New Testament, Paul asks for prayer. And he says here in verse number one, he has two prayer requests and then one praise. Two prayer requests and one praise. Verse number one of chapter three, 2 Thessalonians, he says... Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. The first prayer request, and we can pray this as well for the church in Ireland and other church plants, is that the word of God would have free course. The phrase free course here means to run with full effort to overcome or to advance. And what we're asking the Lord to do is to open doors so that when the word of God goes out and the gospel goes out into the community like Galway, that people open their hearts and their minds and begin to let the word of God work in their heart. I mentioned this morning that when I went to church for the first time, that first Sunday I went to church when I was 17, God began to do something in my life. I didn't know what it was. And I'm and and because I came from a very unsaved background, I wasn't pagan, I wasn't agnostic. We believed that there probably was a God, but that was they never came up in my family. God began to do a work in my heart through his word. I'm very thankful that the pastor that I was visiting, that I eventually got saved under there in Sarasota, I'm very thankful that he preached the word of God. It wasn't just, uh, you know, some great story or whatever. He preached the word and he's still there today, started the church in 1978, still there, still preaching, uh, same church, Liberty Baptist. And when I go there, I'm like, hey, it's the same. He's the same preacher from you know, eighty-five years ago, he's still the same one. You know, and uh, he's been there all these years 40 some years. He planted churches, and uh, still, same word of God preaches the word of God. Every, and I'm thankful when I went in, the word of God started doing a work. Don't ever underestimate giving someone a tract, or even writing a verse. If you're going to write someone. Or even quoting a verse of encouragement to an unsaved person, even. Why? Because the Word of God will not return void. The Word of God will do a work. We know how powerful the Word of God is. Paul knew that. He was asking for prayer that the Word of God would have free course, that it would do its work that the doors would be open. In fact, uh, he goes back to the church at Antioch uh, and he uh, tells them about how uh, the word of God had free course and doors were open uh, in Acts 14. Uh, He goes back and, and I'm quoting the verses there, 26 and 27. When Paul went back to Antioch, he said, where they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled, he gathered the church together and rehearsed all that God had done with them and now he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Tonight I'm asking you to pray for these new church plants that the word of God would have free course that God would open the door of opportunity to share the word of God with these new areas and these new church plants. I also mentioned this morning, I would tell you tonight where we are going in our church plants in the next few year and a half that we'll be a part of, and um, we are working on 22 projects right now, which is, like I said, more than we've ever, ever worked on before, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, and pray that God would give us the grace and the strength and the, and the uh, and intellect as well to be able to deal in the wisdom with all the church plants and what they, uh, goes into each one. But I will leave here in just a few weeks. We'll help a church start in Redmond, Oregon. Redmond, Oregon is in the middle of Oregon. I just ha- met with uh, several pastors out there two months ago. Uh, as we do before each church plant, we meet with the regional independent Baptist preachers in the area and shared with them how they could get involved. There's about six of them uh, in the area that will help with this church plant, uh, but Redmond, Oregon. From there, I'll go down to Longs, South Carolina, north of Myrtle Beach. Uh, there, that area is, I think, the fastest growing area in the Carolinas right now. Uh, it's mainly growing because all the people that bypass it and move to Florida find out it's so hot and humid down there, they go half the way back to New England and they land in the Carolinas somewhere along the coast because it's still like the beach. But nonetheless, it's growing like crazy. And there's a man, in fact, I'll be driving there tomorrow to meet with the pastors in the area there, like we do about two months before they start. Then I'll be going from there to a church plant in Willoughby, uh, Ohio. And that's just north of Cleveland, Uh, This is the second church plant out of Cleveland Baptist Church uh, that they'll be planting. The first was in East Cleveland. Now this is in North Cleveland and Willoughby. Then I'll be going out to Kansas City, North Kansas City. We helped a church start in South Kansas City. Now this one's in the north part of Kansas City. Uh, the pastors in that area have a great desire to plant churches all over the Kansas City area. So many people that live there now, and not a lot of good churches in the inner city areas of Kansas City. Then we'll be going to Italy. Uh, we helped the church start in Italy four years ago. Uh, it's in Reggio Emilia, which uh, is right uh, to the north is Parma. To the south is Bologna, like a sandwich. And uh, we helped the church start in Reggio Emilia. That church got up and running. Uh, Brandon Cook is the pastor there. It got up and running and then COVID hit. You know what one of the the worst lockdown countries there were? It was Italy. They were locked down hard. So Brandon Cook began online to have messages in different ways through social media to get the word of God out and to spread the word of God. Eight and a half hours southeast of him in Foggia, just above the boot, uh, the heel of the boot in Foggia on the East Coast was a man Fausto. Fausto was listening to Brandon online and wanted to and started really eating up the Word of God, wanted to grow in the Word of God and uh, to make a long story short, uh, Fausto realized there 's no good church in Foggia, and uh, what can I do to help that? God led him to into the ministry. Uh, uh, Fausto moved up with Brandon in Reggio and worked under him for six months and was ordained there. And now he's gone back to Foggia and in September will help that church start in Foggia, Italy. You know, it's an amazing story, even during a lockdown time, that God can work and help uh, still advance in church planting. From there, we'll then go to Ireland. That'll be our next, we'll all fly home and then we'll fly back to Ireland to help with uh, Brother Andrew there, Kenneth Van and then from there, we'll go back out uh, west. We have two church plants in inner L.A., Los Angeles. One w- is with a Korean man, the other with a, with a non-Korean, I guess I could say that. And, uh, boy, the inner city of Los Angeles needs it bad, right? You say, well, I don't know. if I, Most of you would say, I've never been there, but, boy, they need churches. <laughs> and you would be right, all right? They do. And the pastors in California know this uh, out in, uh, in, in that area We'll also help a church start here in Virginia, in Palmyra, which is just kind of in the middle, uh, southeast of Charlotte. Uh, There is a man right now raising support from a church plant that we helped 23 years ago here in in Virginia. Now they're sending out their first man to plant a church. Remember churches, reproducing churches. Uh, We have another church plant I just got contacted with. Out in Libby, uh, Montana, this is just outside of Glacier National Park. This will be our fifth church plant in six years in Montana. Uh, Montana has a lot of great cities without good churches. And then there's one near here, just north of Baltimore uh, in Maryland. We just got word of this that the pastor wants our help. and talked with him on uh, Wednesday about that work there. Uh, there are many, many others. We have four others that are be- overseas. Uh, one in uh, Bolivia, uh, one in inner-city Australia, Melbourne, Melbourne Australia. Uh, and then there's Josh Ferran. Has he been here at all? Okay. He is also going to Ireland, knows Brother Andrew, and he's going to be planting a church in North Ireland. And then I want to share with you a great story. It's a story about uh, a church plant in Richmond, just south of here, just west of Richmond is Henrico County, And we helped Mount Victory Baptist start with Pastor Steve Boots six years ago. Uh, It was a a good start, uh, but they, uh, you know, a lot of rich people in that area and hard to get them to get into church. But over the years, God built a good nucleus and they began to have their first outreach to children. So they wouldn't have their first vacation Bible school. And so they brought in about five or six kids, and they were just excited that they had a few kids each night. Well, one of them was a little Hindu boy from India. His parents were here on a work visa for two years, his dad was, and this little Hindu boy came to vacation Bible school each night, and uh, second or third night, he received Jesus as his Savior. Well, he went home and told his Hindu parents uh, all about Jesus. Well, obviously, they had questions, and so Neaton is their last name, uh, and they, excuse me, Ingalls is the last name, Neaton is the father's name. Neaton called Brother Boots and said, you need to come and share, explain what my son has done, or, you know, what you've been teaching my son, and so Brother Boots went over, and over a course of an hour, hour and a half, uh, he was able to lead uh, the father, Brother Neaton, and his wife to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I, I've been to India three times, and I know that you know they have hundreds, if not thousands, of gods. And a lot of times they'll just take Jesus and put him on a shelf, you know, and add him to the collection. So Brother Boots had to be careful and uh, and, and help them understand that Jesus is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life. Jesus is. No man comes to the Father except by Him. Jesus is the Savior. And the Neaton, or the Ingalls family received Jesus as their Savior. But they didn't stop there. They thought about their family back in uh, Amra, Amravante, uh, India, inner, inner, inner area of the southern part of India, little village there. They thought about their family back there, and they thought, well, they need Jesus back there. So what fa- what Brother Neaton would do is he would come to services like this. He'd come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. He would take notes, and then he would, on Zoom, teach those notes and quote scripture to his friends and family back in India. Well, that ended up being more than 40 people on this Zoom meetings that he would have uh, each service as he was, and they don't have Bibles. They have no Bibles in their dialect, there's no written scripture for them. So he's quoting God's word to those in uh, trying to translate into words that they could understand and so that they could understand God's word. And so uh, he's doing this all through Zoom for over a year. Well, Needon gets a burden now. We need to have a church planted there. When I go back after this year, there is not a church there. So brother boots called me and we got together with uh, with brother Needon and And Needham felt led of the Lord to actually go back and pastor and plant a church. So he got some Bible training, extended Bible training with uh, Pastor Boots. And then he was ordained last September, just five months ago, he was ordained. And then in November, they moved back. And when they moved back, they had almost 100 people wanting to meet and listen to God's word. And so he immediately, he sent pictures and all that. So Pastor Boots and I are going back to help officially uh, help him organize the church. Of course, in India, you can't evangelize publicly, give out Bibles, things like that. Uh, so it's got to be, again, where there's God's will, there is a way. And look, look how God just worked all that out. These are some of the church plants that we'll be a part of. Paul said, pray specifically that the word of God has free course. Pray if you would that the word of God has free course in areas like inner city, Los Angeles, and, and other areas in Montana and over even in India and in Italy and in Ireland. Please pray that the Word of God has free course, doctrine is the glue that holds and binds that young church together. And the more that they can get the Word of God into the minds and hearts of the people where they're planting the church, the faster and stronger that local church will be. Pray that they're able to have free course with the Word of God. But then secondly, and we'll be finished in just a minute, secondly, he asked for prayer. I told you two prayer requests. Secondly, he says in verse 2, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. I was told right before I started the church that uh, you will attract every spiritual weirdo in town. And whoever told me that was absolutely correct. For the first couple of years, I mean, we tracked everybody that was abnormal in town. To the point where, after about three years, we're driving home. My wife and I are driving home, and, and she just says out of the blue. My wife is such a trooper. I mean, she does she did everything, you know, and worked and just labored with me and all that. And we're driving home, and she didn't mean it to be uh, derogatory necessarily, but she just she wanted to know. She asked me the question. Do you ever think? We'll have normal people. <laughs> three years we labored. Three years we had about 120 people coming. God was really blessing. And I remember her asking that. And I kind of leaned back and i driving home and I'm like, well, I was always told that you attract people like the pastor. <laughs> so I don't know if we'll ever have normal people, honey. I knew what she was talking about, though. I mean, people, you know, especially this day and time, people have a lot more baggage than when, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. They really do. People today, a lot of them have no, uh, they need marital counseling. They, need, they don't have any, a lot of business sense a lot of times or, or even how to raise children. I mean, really, our society is breaking down. Our families are breaking down. And, and, but when you start a church, you attract unreasonable people. Do you think it's an accident that Paul actually said this Of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? No, because every church plant, this is true. And he's asking for prayer. What is an unreasonable person? Well, an unreasonable person, here's the definition an unreasonable person is someone who is out of place, not benefiting, or unrighteous. It's not that they're not faithful, it's not that they're not involved. It's not that they don't participate. The, the 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 thought of unreasonable is this. They're really not benefiting. I had a friend of mine who pastored in, in uh, Ocala, or excuse me, uh, Arcadia, Florida, not too far from where I was pastoring in Sarasota. And uh, he, we were talking once and he said, you know, the first two years were fine. He said, we got a good nucleus and all that. He said, but... Uh, uh, whenever we would get together, you know, as a, as, a, as a small nucleus to really do something, paint, buy chairs, you know, whatever, he, he was telling me, this pastor friend of mine, he said, there was this one man and he would always be no. Whenever they were deciding on something, he would always go against what everybody else wanted. To the point where this pastor was just losing sleep over it. So he said, and the pastor's telling me what he did about it. He's like, so I took him out. And I'm like, You mean you took him out or you took him out to eat? He's like, No, I took him out to eat. All right. So it took him out to eat. And he said, he said to this man, he's like, brother, listen, he said, I, I appreciate your faithfulness. You're here every time the doors are open. I mean, you sing when we stand up to sing, you you open your Bible and I preach, you you come for a work day. He's like, but every time we get together and we decide, you know, we're gonna. Buy a new carpet. or He's like, you're always against. Every single time. And he said, I'm just asking out of, out of love for you. Why? Why? And this man came from a, he owned his own business, came from a very, you know, dog-eat-dog world. And he said this. He said, because someone has to. His answer was, I don't believe that any group of people can actually all agree together. And so when he sensed that everybody was always agreeing, he's like, well, i got to disagree then. You know what that is? That's just being unreasonable. I disagree because somebody has to. Has a has thought ever crossed our minds that maybe God wants his church to be unified? In fact, I did an eight-sermon series on unification throughout the Bible, and it's amazing. Wherever the Bible says that God's people were of one accord, of one mind, striving together, even in the Old Testament when God's people were together unified, when God's families were together unified, uh, wherever you see that, you know, you know what else you see? The hand of the Lord and the blessings of God. But when a church starts, pray, if you would. Brother Andrew, we were on a Zoom meeting yesterday with him. And he's all excited. And I know where he's at. I don't want to dampen that excitement. I'm, I, you know, he's, gonna, he's moving to Galway. They're getting a house. And, and, and you know, God's going to open doors. And he does. God opens doors. We pray. God opens doors and so on. But indespicably, every single time, someone is going to or ones are going to come in and be unreasonable and he's just going to have to stand his ground and do what's right and do what's biblical unreasonable but then Paul goes into just one more notch he he he, he goes into the next and that is deliberate premeditated carefully attack what is that that's the wicked the wicked The unreasonable is just not benefiting. The wicked, though, he says, pray because there's unreasonable and wicked men. Everywhere they went, it seemed like there's just these men, these people. Well, the wicked is a deliberate, premeditated, carefully calculated attack to kill the baby church. And this happens over and over and over. Paul knew this. That's why he's asking prayer today, two thousand years later, almost. I'm saying it happens every church plant, and we need prayer. We need your prayers. We need you to pray that God would deliver these baby churches from unreasonable and wicked men. I remember after three years, I started when I started 22 years ago. After three years, we had a great nucleus of people. Now they weren't normal people, all right, but they were great nucleus of people. And, you know, they were just excited to be there and, and they were listening and they were making decisions and, you know, things were, things were going well. And, and, uh, and then uh, we had a couple of uh, families come in and they came together and they decided to join the church and everything was great. We went over everything that we believe and all that. And, and uh, they were all in and all that. And six months after they came in, they were trying to corral people together to dissolve the ministry, vote me out, dissolve the ministry. I couldn't believe it. By the way, I was so proud of our church in a good way because when the meeting finally came, no one showed up. And those people had to leave, the, leave our church. I don't want anybody to leave. I want people to get right with God and all that. But Paul knew this. There are just some. And their whole goal is to tear up, divide, and devour what God is putting together. So pray, if you would, for unreasonable and wicked men. And then the praise he gives, and will be done. Verse number three, but he says this, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Now, it's almost like Paul was saying, pray that the word of God has open or free course, pray for unreasonable and wicked men. But then he says this, he says, uh, but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you. Talking to the church at Thessalonica. It's almost like he's writing a letter to the church at Thessalonica and he knows there's some unreasonable and wicked men in the church at Thessalonica. Because he says, but the Lord will establish you. The Lord will keep you from evil. The Lord will do this if you pray and you seek the Lord. Tonight, there are churches right now, church plants going going through different things. They always do in their early years. Would you pray that God would help establish these works so that they're solid, Bible-believing, gospel-preaching churches that continue on. We do not want these church plants to die. We don't want to see Brother Andrew get to Galway. And, and yes, he's excited and his wife is excited. And, and soon they're going to add another uh, you know, baby to their family. And, they're you know, everything looks just... Uh, great and so on and the support is there and we'll probably find a good meeting place and and the word of god will go out and we'll try to saturate this summer and and into september with the word of god and the gospel and he starts and and prayerfully he'll have a handful of people there from all the uh, outreach a handful of people that'll help him start and and so on but that's not the time to stop praying in fact that's the time especially to start praying heavily that God would help establish that work. And that 10 years from now, there'll be a great church in Galway. 20 years from now, maybe they'll have their own church plants on other areas in, in Ireland, all because people decided to pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Help us, I pray, as Paul asked for prayer, help us to pray. The Word of God would have free course, and that, dear Lord, you would deliver, deliver these baby churches, deliver them from unreasonable and wickedness. Help the Word of God to have free course, and we pray that we'd see these churches established going forward for you in years to come, in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, the piano begins to play. It's an opportunity for us to even tonight begin praying for these matters. The Lord's touch your heart. Would you respond this evening?